Friday, December 31st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 17 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Jared, for cash on FanDuel this week, what do you like at quarterback? I'm going Trey Lance here too, um, and it's it's much closer here. He's not nearly as, as big a value compared to – like I think Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott are viable cash plays on FanDuel, but um, I don't know. When you start building lineups, the you know $1,000 savings you're getting by going down to Lance comes in handy. And if you want to get Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup, um, I, I feel good about Lance – at this price, I think you're going to get nice rushing production out of him. He scored he scored 15.6 Fanduel points in his only other start of the season, and that was despite not scoring a touchdown. So, you know, if you can get 15 points out of him, I think you're going to be fine. Matchup's good against Houston. Yeah, no argument there, especially with Cooper Cup and uh, Jonathan Taylor, both at 10K plus this week. We'll talk more about them in a few minutes. I do think Dak Prescott is also a solid option at 7,400. It would be Dak over Stafford for me in cash just because we've had – a couple of not great Stafford games recently. So, I mean, if he did it again, then it wouldn't be like, where did this come from? No salary bump for Dak last week because the game was Sunday night and thus off the main slate still tied now for the lowest salary of the season after his big rebound game against Washington, which was his sixth game of 25 plus FanDuel points this year. So it was a nice rebound game, but it was certainly far from the first time we saw Dak Prescott give us that, that big FanDuel upside. The Arizona pass defense is coming off. It's two worst performances of the year by DVOA. And now they're down corner Robert Alford. They're probably going to miss corner Marco Wilson. I think especially now in cash with Dak Prescott, it's less important for me to find the right, pass catcher stack, which is kind of the challenge with this Dallas yeah. offense because there are so many options. So I guess I'm even a little comfier with Dak in cash where I could just play him by himself or I can just take, you know, CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper figuring they're the best bets for targets here. Well, I mean, you, you can play Dak in cash and then just play Cooper Cup when you're getting like half of Matt Stafford's production anyway. So that's, that's probably the, the way to go. That's right. I do still like Dak as a GPP option, and then it gets yep. a little trickier and just kind of mix and match with all the pass catch- catching options. What do you like for GPPs on FanDuel quarterback? Yeah, same deal here is on DraftKings where I'm going to be focusing on uh, that Ravens-Rams game, although Tyler Huntley isn't nearly as strong a value on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings. That probably means he's going to come in lower owned on FanDuel. And, you know, he he's still has the potential to finish as a top you know, three or five quarterback on the week, so he's probably still worth considering. But Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, and I'm, I'm taking a shot on Kyler Murray again here. I just think, you know, for – we know he has massive upside. He has – Murray has three games of – uh, 30 plus FanDuel points this season. He's been running more since coming back from the ankle injury. He has uh, 59 plus rushing yards in three of his last four games. And you know, if this game turns into a shootout, um, Kyler Kyler could have a big one. I, I think he's going to come in, you know, five percent owned or less. I mean, I can't say that he doesn't have the upside, but he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, and he's facing the toughest defense in the league right now by DVOA rating. So. 
it's not going to be Kyler week for me, but I guess we'll, we'll see how it goes. I do like Matthew Stafford at 7,600 bucks for a GPP. You know, I mentioned some rough games lately, but he has also shown us the upside in the past. And of course gets the Baltimore matchup that supplied 525 yards and four touchdowns to Joe Burrow last week. I would say that Matthew Stafford is at least similar to Joe Burrow in what he can produce. We also got 46 pass attempts from the Bengals last week, which I think is worth noting because they won that game by 20 points. So it's not like they had to throw the ball in a shootout condition. They played Baltimore and were like, we're going to throw the ball plenty because it's really easy to do against this team. That's probably in even worse shape now because during that game, it lost Anthony Averett, a corner to a broken rib. So Baltimore Mm -hmm. has been a bad pass defense. It's only gotten worse. If you have Matthew Stafford, I think you need Cooper Cup at 10,200 here. Um, But there are other options for a fuller stack. I mean, Odell Beckham, 6,500. Van Jefferson, 6,000. Not sure there's a whole lot of difference between those two guys. And then Tyler Higby at 5,400, either at tight end or in a flex spot. Or you could also Mm -hmm. play Mark Andrews in the same lineup. Yeah, I was just going to say it's it's tough to get Stafford Cup and Andrews. So I think, you know, Stafford Cup and then uh, Marquise Brown, who we can talk about, but, you know, he's, he's pretty cheap on Fando. So I think, you know, that's the direction I'd probably go for a, for a Ravens Ram stack. Yeah, I think Marquise Brown is a comfier <laughs> fit at 6,300. I did mess around with the Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Mark Andrews stack just to see how doable it is. And if you put uh, Tyler Higby at 5,400 in that flex spot, it is doable without ending up with a, a lineup that makes you want to look away. Okay, I like it. I'm also curious to see ownership projections on, you know, Josh Allen against the Falcons at his high price, Jalen Hurts at a fairly high price against the Washington D that he beat up recently. And then Joe Burrow coming off his huge game, you know, a less obvious spot against the Chiefs, but a spot that I do think has shootout potential to it. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping the Chiefs Bengals game comes in chalky because I'm I'm, going to be fading it. For running back, I, I think the first question here is we mentioned both names already, but $10,000 $10,000 Jonathan Taylor versus $10,200 Cooper Cup. Who is the guy that you need on FanDuel, Jared? I mean, I I think Taylor is a better relative play here than he is on DraftKings. But, I mean, you know, we we still have Cooper Cup projected for more FanDuel points. If you look at the dollars per point values, Cooper Cup comes in as our top wide receiver value, even at his you know $10,200 price tag. Jonathan Taylor is like running back eight or nine in our value ranking. So I don't, know, I, I don't think I'm going to get to Taylor here either. I messed around with the lineup here to see if it is possible to play Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup in cash. And I can report it is possible. $6,200 Daryl Williams at the other running back slot. $5,200 Foster Moreau at tight end. $3,600 Dolphins D. If you do that, that leaves you an average of 6100 bucks across the other three remaining roster slots. That's two wide receivers and one flex. So I think with that, it's possible to put both Taylor and Cup in the same cash lineup. Yeah, definitely possible. I, you know, it's just, is it is it optimal with the three guys? I, I like all the names you mentioned. I'm just trying to think, you know, who are the three guys you'd fill that lineup out with? Yeah, it's worth playing around with and seeing. Of course, the yeah. guy I didn't mention was Trey Lance. That quarter helps you fit all those guys in the same lineup. So anyway, yeah, Cash, Jonathan Taylor aside, what do you like at running back? Yeah, David Montgomery here, uh, just as we said on, on DraftKings, he's our top dollars per point value at running back on FanDuel. Um, 17.4 carries and 6.8 targets over his last five games. So massive volume on the ground and in the passing game. And he gets the Giants, who are 27th in football outsiders, run defense rankings, 24th in adjusted points allowed. To running back. So Montgomery and then Darrell Williams, I'm going to play him here. $6,200. He's our second best dollars per point value. Averaged about 14 carries and five and a half targets in the five games. Clyde Edwards-Alaire 
missed earlier this season. If I can get, you know, that type of workload on this Chiefs offense for 6,200 bucks, I'm, I'm more than happy. Yeah, I especially like Daryl Williams at that $6,200 salary here. It is crowded in the 6K, 7K range, again, at running back on FanDuel, but Daryl Williams stands out to me. Uh, the Chiefs are sixth in implied team point total, but it's a tight pack at the top of those rankings this week. They're only 1.25 points short of the top spot, so they're not way behind number one team by any means. His five starts earlier this year, Daryl Williams averaged 19.2 opportunities and you mentioned on the DraftKings show that that five-game sample included one where he only got the ball nine times because they just mm -hmm. stunk against the Titans. He should have scored more fantasy points in those games. 15 red zone carries, 11 carries from inside the 10-yard line, only cashed in two of those for touchdowns. So there were points still on the field at that stage for Daryl Williams. The Bengals, it's worth mentioning, are not a pushover in run defense. They're seventh in rushing DVOA on defense for the season. But even if Kansas City can't run the ball all that well in this one, Williams has been plenty involved as a receiver, just like with uh, David Montgomery. Yeah, and the Bengals have struggled against running backs in the passing game, and they're they're twenty third in adjusted points allowed to running backs. So yeah, it is a you know not a great matchup on the ground, but overall I think it's a pretty good spot for for Williams. Yeah, and dealing with health issues at linebacker of the Bengals this week as well. Uh, in addition to those two guys, I think Ronald Jones, Rashad Penny yep. also have. Nice floor and exciting ceilings at their price tags here. For sure, yeah. And I, I prefer Jones and Penny in tournaments. I actually have them both down here for tournaments. Um, but yeah, they're definitely in play for, for cash too. Um, Javante Williams for, for tournaments. Maybe even he's 6,100 bucks. So maybe even for your, your Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor line, if he could be your flex guy. Yeah, you know, coming off a disappointing game, everyone disappointed on Denver last week. Part of the reason was they ran just 40 offensive plays, but now Williams comes back with this chargers matchup. You know, the chargers just gave up the massive game to Rex Burkhead. It's been a defense we've been attacking with running backs all season. Javante Williams, 14 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown in the first meeting also had three catches for 57 more yards in that game. And he's been even more involved in the passing game now than he was in that first meeting. So I think he's a good value and um, you know, maybe comes in lower own coming off the dead. I agree that he starts out as a GPP option, but also makes sense as a consideration for a cheap spot in a cash lineup. The salary's down from last week after that crappy Broncos game. It's the cheapest it's been since week 13. Javante Williams is the same price as Melvin Gordon on FanDuel. He delivered 18.6 FanDuel points in that first meeting with the Chargers with Melvin Gordon around. I know Melvin Gordon got hurt during that game and was in and out of the lineup, but he was around for most of it. Uh, you mentioned the Rex Burkhead game last week. Two weeks before that, the Chargers allowed two running back touchdowns to the Giants. Um, they have allowed the fourth most half PPR points to the position, and only the Jets and Lions have allowed more running back touchdowns on the season. Like it, the, the last, I guess, two guys I wanted to mention here, and what's really messing with my head this week is that the Patriots are tied for the highest implied total on the week at 29.25. So it's like I feel like I should be – playing some Patriots and you know to me it's the running backs to look at and I can't play either of those guys on DraftKings just with their you know minimal passing game usage um, but I do think Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are worth considering on FanDuel Harris is at $7,400 Stevenson's at $5,700 um, again I, I think they might end up pretty close in carries and Stevenson might even have the better uh, target projection so I, I guess I think Ramondre Stevenson at 5700 bucks is worth considering for attorneys yeah, I agree with that. They're pretty similar in outlook to Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Maybe not quite the same level talent-wise, but mm -hmm. should be in a great situation. And I mean, a better situation than Denver in terms of game script. Yes, for sure.
at wide receiver, Cooper Cup is Kong. You just have to start out with yeah. him. He leads our FanDuel dollars per point rankings at $10,200 in salary. He's $3,200 more expensive than the next guy and still leads FanDuel dollars per point. Yep, playing Cooper Cup again. I'm going to you know play him over Jonathan Taylor. I don't think I'll get both of them in there, even though, you know, as you said, it is possible. Um, but Cup's the guy for me. Uh, I'm going to play Jalen Waddle at $7,000. You know, 10-plus targets and 9-plus catches in three straight games. For Jalen Waddle. If you go back even farther than that, he has eight plus targets in eight of his last nine games. You know, obviously to a uh, to a below his top target. And the Titans are 31st in adjusted points allowed to wide receivers. So it's a really nice matchup for Waddle, too. And we get the bonus alliteration from Jared there. There's some attractive wideouts in the 7K range yep. for cash usage. Jalen Waddle, of course, part of that. AJ Brown at 7,500 looks nice coming off the monster game. Keenan Allen at 7,300. T Higgins at 7,000 also coming off a monster game. Uh, all four of those guys, I think, make plenty of sense for cash, cash usage. Keenan Allen is really the only one of them that didn't blow up last week. And the last time mm-hmm. he faced Denver, he caught seven balls for 85 yards on 10 mm-hmm. targets three touchdowns over the past two games before the quiet day against Houston last week. So Keenan Allen, if you need a case to be made for him, that's the case. Yeah, for sure. I think AJ Brown's a guy I'd lean towards for my, my third wide receiver spot, 16 targets last week. Um, Nick Westbrook, Akini just came off the COVID list, but uh, Julio Jones is still on it. I think it doesn't matter if Julio's back. Brown's going to dominate targets for Tennessee. Fandle did a nice job pricing up Antonio Brown, but even at $8,500, I still think he's he's a decent play. Like if you if you can't get to Cooper Cup, maybe you want to play Jonathan Taylor instead. I do think you know going down to Antonio Brown, you're saving what $1,700. He's a nice option. He's just such a strong target, but in a great matchup. I'm a little bit wary of him in cash, though, yeah. with that ankle. I mean, who knows how big of an issue it is. Maybe they are just giving him rest because they know that yeah. he doesn't need that much practice, but it's a little bit worrisome. Yeah, we'll, we'll see You know what he does today and how he's listed on the final injury report. It is nice that we can count on Bruce Arians being maybe the most open coach in the league on that front where he'll say Friday, Antonio Brown's fine, he's going to play like <laughs> usual. Or he's going to be like, ah, eh, that ankle was bugging him this week. He might be limited. We'll see on Sunday. We'll have to see if, if Mike Evans is back too. Um, you know That would cut into Brown's target projection. Yeah, came off the COVID list, but we're going to have to wait and see about the hamstring on Friday and beyond. So yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to watch. GPP side, I'm going to take a look at ownership rates for the quarterbacks and for the wide receivers because there are lots mm-hmm. of guys to like. I'm, I'm curious to see whether Stefan Diggs comes in lower than he should in a matchup that gives him as high a ceiling as anybody at the position. I'm curious to see Matthew Stafford's ownership projection and i'm curious to see an aj brown because i've been doing a number of underdog battle royale drafts this week and he is surprisingly easy to get in that half ppr Hmm. format i I, I figured coming off the monster game on thursday night he would be popular this week but you can get him as late as the fourth round of those six team drafts so if if that happens if he comes in anywhere in single digits or really anywhere short of 15 percent in ownership projection i'm very interested yeah that's that's surprising i mean people people love aj brown around maybe they they did love aj brown and they don't know after you know he, he missed most of this season but i don't know I he feels underpriced on fando so I'd, I'd be surprised if he's you know super low owned but we'll see um, i, would too. I, like I, I wonder if people though look at miami and think that it's a tough matchup based on the you know very good defensive numbers but against very weak opponents in recent weeks well, yeah, and they're, and they're 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So it's actually been a good matchup for opposing wideouts. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where Brown comes in 
Um, CD Lamb's the guy sticking out to me in that area for tournaments. So he's he's mixed in with all those guys, you know, a bit cheaper than AJ Brown, but you know, a couple hundred bucks more expensive than Jalen Waddle. Um, the Cardinals have allowed the second most fantasy points to, to slot wide receivers, which is where Lamb has been playing most of his snaps now that Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup are healthy. Um, on the other side of that game, Christian Kirk is just $6,400. He's seen 21 targets over the last two games. He's eighth in expected fantasy points among wide receivers over the last two. So he's been getting awesome usage without DeAndre Hopkins. And he's also, Kirk's also been playing a lot more in the slot without DeAndre Hopkins. That's important against the Cowboys. You know, they're much weaker over the middle than they are on the outside with, with uh, Trevon Diggs. Mm-hmm. Lots to play with in that Dallas-Arizona matchup. Be curious yes. to see the ownership projections on all those guys. I think for sneaky, cheap upside below the guys we talked about, Gabriel Davis looks interesting now at 5,300. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker at 5,900. Davis just came off the COVID list after five days, so there's some potential for effects there, but the more interesting factor in his case is that Emmanuel Sanders' knee kept him from practicing Thursday after he was limited Wednesday. So we'll see about Sanders Friday. We'll see about his game status. If he's out, Gabe Davis, even with a potential COVID limitation, it's 5,300 bucks. I mean, he had four touchdown catches over his past three games before missing last week. Yeah, if Sanders is out, I'd actually probably consider playing Davis in my third wide receiver spot in cash. And I think that could definitely help you get in both Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. And then you don't even have to play Zay Jones and make yourself feel sick. (laughs) Exactly. He's 5,100 on FanDuel this week, by the way. Tight end for cash, Jared. What do you like? Would I, would I be stupid to play Zach Ertz over Dallas Goddard for, you know, basically the, the same price? I don't know. To me, Ertz, Ertz I mean, Goddard's a, a much better player at this point in their careers, but Ertz just feels like a safer target bet to me. He has he has 24 targets over the last two games without DeAndre Hopkins. So I like, I like that. I mean, you know, Dallas Goddard had the two massive games, you know, two and three weeks ago, but last week he had just two catches on four targets. I always worry about, you know, that outcome for him in that Eagles offense. I don't know. I think I'm actually kind of leaning towards Zach Ertz for my cash tight end. I think they're very even because Dallas Goddard is a better player and he's got the better matchup between them, but he's also got the better chance of only seeing five targets this week. Whereas we could see 10 plus for Zach Ertz. So I think those two things certainly balance each other out and make them similar looking options this week. It's still going to primarily be Foster Moreau for me at 5200 bucks here, just fifth in our FanDuel dollars per point rankings. But I think there's upside beyond our projection, primarily because of that matchup with the Colts, which is second best for tight end scoring by our adjusted fantasy points allowed 17.6% target share over the past three games. So even if he's not the top target, they're certainly heavily involved and you know, that extra salary flexibility will help me fit those more expensive pieces yeah. that I want at other positions. Yeah, like on FanDuel for cash, I do prefer spending the extra 300 to get up to Earth or the 600 to get up to, to Goddard from Moreau. But I, I like Moreau even better in tournaments on FanDuel because I do think he's, he's going to come in lower owned than he is on DraftKings. So you know, Moreau is my favorite tournament play on FanDuel. I'm going to be starting uh, Foster Moreau almost definitely in my main event lineup for tight end premium for the end of the championship round, all the cash. I, I believe in him as an option this week. Certainly there's a Get chance it. that he doesn't pay off. There's always that chance, but I also think there's big upside to mine here. All right. I'll be, I'll be invested with you. Although, you know, with, well, I guess I, I could win even more than you if I, you know, take down a tournament. So I don't know. Maybe we'll both be rich on uh, Monday. That's right. That's what we should be doing. We'll do this thing in shades next week and just make it rain all over the place. (laughs) What, anything else on the GPP side of tight end? 
No, I think trying to get up to Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey um, makes sense, but you know, it's you, you definitely can't do that with Taylor Rankoff. You can probably do it with one of those two guys. Um, but, you know, we, we've just seen these elite tight ends putting up massive numbers these past few weeks, and I think you know it's kind of what you need to win tournaments. I like Moreau here as well. I like Tyler Higby, especially in a Matthew Stafford lineup. I, I'm going to pass on Travis Kelsey coming off of COVID. Not sure exactly, you know, what potential for effects there might be for him. Um, yep. Mark Andrews probably only in a Rams lineup for me, or if I'm playing Tyler Huntley, because Rob Gronkowski gives me similar upside at a cheaper salary of 6,700 bucks. I wonder what the rostered rate is going to be for Gronk coming off of two bad games, especially last week where he only saw two targets, but it was a negative matchup against the Panthers last week. It was a negative matchup against the saints the week before, and they still threw him 11 targets in that game against the saints, even though he's historically had a tough time with Malcolm Jenkins in coverage and was not able to do anything in that specific game. It's, it's a matter of them not having that many guys to throw to. And yeah. Tom Brady's going to trust his trusted guys, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. Now Gronk is the healthier one this week. The matchup is great. Uh, the jets are eighth friendliest to tight end scoring by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. And maybe as important, they have absolutely no pass rush. So we saw Gronk do more blocking last week than usual. Saw a season high in run blocking snaps, which there's the risk that there's that as well this week. But he also saw his most pass blocking snaps since week three. It was only five, so it's not a huge amount. But, you know, if this week we get three more routes or five more routes, maybe we get three to four more targets from that. So it's a great spot. High upside, I think, for Gronk this week. Yeah, and man, Gronk is $2,000 cheaper than Mark Andrews. And I actually would guess he's going to come in lower own than Mark Andrews. So that, that's definitely a good call. George Kittle is kind of mixed in there too. You know, he's a bit more expensive than Gronkowski, but quite a bit cheaper than Andrews and Kelsey. I think, you know, no, no one's going to want to play him with Trey Lance under center, but you know, he, I think Kittle's interesting if you get him at like two or 3%. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if, you know, if people are like, oh, Trey Lance is good. I'll play George Kittle, but yeah, that'll be something to check on Sunday morning. What are you playing on defense? It's the Dolphins here again, like like on DraftKings coming in as our top dollars per point value. Um, and they, they are third among main slate defenses in FanDuel points per game. Uh, good matchup here against Tennessee. The Titans have allowed the fourth most sacks in the league. So um, I think for cash, I'm just going to go the cheap route with the Dolphins. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to stick there as well. 3600 bucks, Attractive for both price and matchup. The Titans have allowed the league's fourth most sacks. They have supplied the league's sixth most turnovers, so there's lots of upside to it. You know, if you do want to go away, if we get a high ownership projection on Miami, for example, Colts at 3,900 against the Raiders are interesting. The Rams at 4,100 against Baltimore are interesting. The Bills at 4,500, if I can get there salary-wise, certainly lots of upside against the Falcons. I mean, there's shutout potential to that matchup. And then uh, the Eagles at 4,300. That's one I might not get to with how much is around there and how much you have to pay up to get to them. But, you know, especially now that Washington's without Antonio Gibson, there's there's lots of upside to that one as well. Yeah, I, I think I think in tournaments, um, especially on FanDuel, where it's easier try, trying to get up to one of these elite defenses like Buffalo at forty five hundred, the Bucks at forty nine hundred, the Patriots at five thousand. Um, I don't know. It's it's always dangerous to say something is likely to happen at, at defense. But, I you know, it, it, it's a pretty good bet that I think one of those D's, you know, scores like 15 to 20 Fando points and is the defense you have to have to win tournaments. Yeah. For me, the bucks are the one among that group that I would try not to go to because Shaq Barrett's out. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul has been injured and also yeah. not very good. So I think the pass rush could yeah. be lacking. Antoine Winfield might be out. Uh, Levante David's out. So, you know, it's still the jets. 
But if we're looking at a group of defenses with upside, I think the Bucks have have reason to believe they might not have as high a ceiling as usual. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. The, the Jets have given up big games to defenses with you know much less talent than the Bucks are going to have on Sunday. That's for sure. That'll do it for this week 17 FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now. You can get more player recommendations. Kevin English has your cash game picks. Corey Bushland has your top GPP options. Then you can play around with the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections and fan share ownership projections. For more discussion of DFS and other formats, you can also join the free DraftSharks Discord. You can find the link to do that in the description for this podcast. For Jared Small and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for serving with us.